Um, light seal or light trap? What is your uh, hey, so uh, preference, got- Ethan? Ethan, light seal, light trap. Uh, light seal. Or oh, sorry, light trap. Um, because it can't degrade. However, um, you know, it could be <laughs> it could be a seal, uh, depending upon engineering constraints. Okay. And Nick, what yeah, do you think? I like seal traps. Like trap? I like traps. Okay. Traps so- better than seals. Yeah, so my current project that I'm working on is uh, a project that uh, requires a dark slide. Uh, and because it requires a dark slide, it, it, it just, you get straight paths. And straight paths uh, tend to allow light in, right? So I have been working with light seals. And in fact, that's something, this is, uh, again, this, I'm kind of working on this project as a commodity, um, meaning it's something that I'll sell on my um, uh, on my Etsy shop as a downloadable file, that type of thing. And right. so I, I'm one of the reasons why I did not put a red window in the Kraken is because then I would have to find a supply for red window material. And I think I you still know, have, uh, you know, a square foot of that red window material that you sent me that I can. And I have a bag. I have a bag. I could probably find that. I, I think I have a bag of, of, of both those uh-huh. rectangular or square, rounded squares. But and, you'd also uh, have to send them to people. Exactly. There's a fulfillment. And um, so part of the deal is with the Kraken, um, what you needed was um, in materials, in uh, consumable materials. You need to glue, you need PLA, and you need to print the PLA. Um, And you needed um, one other bit of material. Oh, screws, there we go. And so those are readily available across the world. And I use the metric screws so that they are available in advanced civilizations. Um, also, but, everybody who has a 3D printer has a stock of M3 screws. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So um, when I, I cannot do this current project with just that limited material. So I need some metal for dark slides mm-hmm. and uh, I need some material for um, for light seals. And there are a couple of places where there's light seal and I've used that foam, um, the craft foam. In fact, I have some craft foam <laughs> right here. Um, and it, what's really nice about it is it's pretty, the stuff that I can get, uh, I get this on, um, Amazon, uh, but you can get our, you know, maybe I got this at like Michael's or Hobby Lobby or something like that. But this is two millimeters, pretty uniform. Um, I have also just ordered some uh, craft felt to see if I can um, uh, if if I can make that work as well. Uh, so so anyway, so I'm I'm down down the path of requiring that in the build. And so this is going to be a little bit more complicated from sourcing 
point of view. It's actually a much simpler build. Uh, I learned a lot of things off of um, uh, the Kraken build, and I learned quite a few things. And it's still going to – I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Hopefully in the next show I have to I have to track down a couple of final little problems. Um, but the um, – uh, but I decided, you know, there's really no way, no two ways around it. Um, so craft foam or um, uh, craft um, felt is going to be in your future if this is a product that you are interested in. So, yeah. So um, I just wanted to point yeah, out there's ahead. a little bit of this same foam in the mongoose. Each one uses something like, you know, a quarter of a square inch or something like that um and i got a pack of like 10 of these sheets for 20 bucks or something like that on amazon yeah. really oh i mean and this is i think this is even cheaper in michael's and it comes in different colors yours is black yep. but i think it's it's complete it's just as opaque yeah i should probably test so it. so if i've been using this yeah. stuff that is sold as light seal foam mm -hmm. by sheet and i have so it has it a stick it has a sticky bad. side and a peel off back yeah same yeah okay so for those of you on um <laughs> that's no good <laughs> for those of you who are on um the podcast listening um oop, i'm trying to turn my phone light off um i can shine a light through that uh which is but you know when you run it along the edges of it it's i think it's pretty pretty well light sealed pretty, uh, pretty I, well might not be good enough <laughs> i'd be interested, in, right. I'd be interested yeah. in seeing yeah. how well the foam uh the felt works in, in principle yeah. the felt might be better uh, yes. because yeah you're right you're yeah. right it's it, oh. and it's also going to help keep coronavirus out of your film holder yeah um <laughs> uh, i actually have kn95 foam so listen Nah. Yeah, yeah, I can't breathe that at all. I mean, so it's not going to let any of that little virus. It's not going to let the new little. Um, and as a know, plus, if you uh, try and breathe through it all the time, it'll solve all of your problems. It will solve many. <laughs> it, it just like beer. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I I like light traps, but there and and this project has light traps all over it, but. Um, it, one of the things that kind of annoys me about modern cameras, uh, modern film cameras, and I mean 90s film cameras, mm -hmm. was that they went to that that foam um, light sealant that just, I mean, anybody who's ever had to replace the light seals on an RB67 back, um, you know, you curse that day. And when they could have engineered a light trap on all of those parts. Well, um, I've noticed that most of the film holders, the better ones, e even the Mamiya press, what they usually do is they build in light traps for where, like where it's easy. And then they just on the, on the hinge, they stick in a, a, a seal so that, so that a lot of the older ones are like that. So they're still using light traps, but it's too, they're, they couldn't be bothered to do it on the hinge. And then it, that's where there'll be a strip of, phone and that's pretty easy to fix because it's yeah it's accessible the worst are when they kind of have a life trap with foam down inside it yeah then you gotta <laughs> dig it out with a little screwdriver 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a pain in the neck. But uh, or and then you use a solvent and it gets everywhere. And yep. ah. so, um, so yeah. Um, uh, here's a question for you. Um, you both have, as I do, um, modern cameras with the little uh, peak window that allows you to see what film is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Ethan and Nick, do you actually have one of those cameras that does not have tape over that window? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't put tape over mine, and they they were oh, fine. I, I tape them all. I, I have, tape them all. Uh, both, <laughs> both, and some that really need it. Well, yeah. the, the 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 I don't have very many that have that feature, um, but. The ones that come to mind are like the Voigtlander Bessa ones. Those work fine, no light leaks. Uh, and there, you know, you're, I think if there's a big old piece of foam donut around that window. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, either of you have anything more to say on that? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, let's start the homemade camera podcast. We're going. Okay. Um, uh, Ethan is working on getting some music in here. And Ethan, if you want me to be the person who runs that, I probably can't. You probably it has to be the person who's running yes. the OBS right, yes. to run Although that. Although you could run OBS, but we're going to do a tutorial for all the podcasts at some point. Or yeah, you well, just, you'll just have a few. <laughs> You'll just have a few pre-selected canned, you know, bits of music that you can pick A, B, C, or D, and just like we do when we're editing the podcast. So exactly. Um, So today we are. We're actually. um, It is December thirtieth, and uh, it is about ten thirty Eastern, and we are running live on the Homemade Camera Podcast. Facebook group. Um, are we on YouTube as well? We are on the Homemade Camera Podcast channel on YouTube, and we're also yeah. on the Camerdactyl Twitch channel, which nobody ever. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, just to let you guys know, I think that in the future we're going to be doing a lot more of these live things. Um, and um, once again, we are committed to this being a podcast as well as um, the multimedia. Um, you know, Gans experience, right? Um, so, uh, just if uh, we will find a way to publish, um, or let you guys know via um, the socials, uh, that we are, um, we're going to be doing a show live, and you can call in and uh, call in by um, joining our what do you call it uh google meet thing yeah so um so not all shows will probably be that you know um if we've got a uh, a guest who we've been um you know trying to get on and we just we just want to ask our questions right okay i mean we might do more call-ins but yes for now, we'll yeah. open the call-ins up in, uh, at the end of this episode if anybody's watching while they should be at work on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, exactly. So this show is the uh, 2020 year in review. Um, now, we do have one more day in 2020, so we still could be pardoned um, before the end of the year. Um, but we're going to talk about, 
we're going to talk about homemade cameras in the year 2020. Now, I have uh, I edited uh, and or actually, let me say that uh, a different way. I put together the homemade camera podcast zine. And it is ready to go. It's just that Nick, wave, Nick, wave to the crowd, Nick. There we go. Nick has to finish the proofreading on it, and then we will have it available for everybody. Um, oh, uh, Nick, you're muted. Yep. Yep. Read right about we... halfway through, and it, it looks yep. great, but there are one or two small uh, editing, you know, just sort of for clarity. And... I need to. Yeah. I need. I, I guess I have to do it on online in order to edit. Um, and I was doing it no. on my phone. Oh, I see what you're saying. You need to do yeah. it on a big screen. That's perfectly fine. But what I want you to do is just put a note, and then I will it, because it is not live online. It's on. Oh, oh okay. So I'll just write up notes for you. All right. Well, yeah. Write up. I can just type yeah. notes. And I can't. I couldn't do that on my phone. I just couldn't. So oh, I was trying to do it like. When I had little opportunities throughout the day and I could read, but I couldn't really take good notes. So, yeah. So what we what came became apparent as I was putting that together, as I was looking at all of the, the cameras that people put out, all of the accessories that people put out. We got the pixel later. Finally, the pixel much later. Finally, I um, mine it came in a week. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and we've just, we've had a hell of a flood. Um, and we're going to talk about those. It, 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 it was really apparent that actually 2020 being the super sucky year in general that it was, was a great year for homemade cameras and the homemade camera community. And I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited, um, about what, uh, how many different people stepped up or how many people, how many different people stepped into the spotlight this time around? Um, there are people who have been um, uh, doing homemade cameras for years. Um, you know, we, we talked with Hervé Elena, who has been making these cameras since the 90s. I was just um, re-watching that episode this morning while I was working uh, on YouTube connectivity issues. It was great. I am, I am still in awe of yeah. uh, of the stuff that we unearthed um, uh, from from his twisted little French mind. <laughs> um, so, or big mind, I should say. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Um, I the I mean that's just one li one uh, little bit. Uh, so, so I actually named the 2020 um, homemade camera zine as the best year ever. Uh, <laughs> I forgot um, to do that. Yeah. So, um, so, and uh, I'm actually I'm really excited because this sets up 2021 as being even better. But um, we wanted to talk about a, a few that really grabbed our attention. And it, I want to say at the beginning, if we leave you out, it's just because it's been a plentiful year. It is not because, um, you know, we're well, it could be because we're stupid. Um, but you can call um, in at the end and correct us. 
Right, exactly, exactly. So we've already talked about the pixelator. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, Ethan, you can join in or not if you want, <laughs> as he, as he uh, works on the pixelator, pixelator slayer. That's what it is. Um, no, but they're, the pixelator. They're okay. complementary products. Yeah, they're complementary products. But um, I got my pixelator in, I think it was in June. I it, uh, it was it was in one of the early batches. It wasn't in the first batch, but that went out. But it was pretty pretty early. Um, and I may be wrong about the month, but I'm thinking that, that was June. It took me. It took me two months. Excuse me. Took me two months to figure out what I had, and it's taken me another two months to really figure out how to use it. But um, I am at the point where, um, you know, I, I'm going to say at the beginning of 2020, I bought an Epson V700 because my V600 died. Is it 700 or 750? 700. Um, because my V600 died, uh, those are Epson scanners. Those were, you know, the 700 and 850 and all those. They're they're pretty close to each other. The the 700 series and the 800 series are pretty close to each other. And, you know, they were 800,000 bucks new. Mine, mine came in used. But I, I don't see a use for it anymore. And I'm going to say that I kept holding on, um, thinking that I needed to, um, uh, you know, like I, I figured out 35 millimeter, but you know, 120 is much better and much easier on the scanner. And slowly, format after format fell. Um, so and you prefer, the prefer you. You prefer using a digital camera and pixels, what you're saying. I, I prefer using uh, I have an X-Pro2. Um, I put on it a um, <laughs> a stack of adapters that includes a uh, an M42 that's like a 25 to 50 uh, helicoid. Um, and then on the end of that, there's a 75 millimeter... Um, uh, in larger lens and that's it. That's all I need. And I can use all the different formats. I can, you know, I don't even need to switch different lenses for different size formats because then I stitch anything larger, um, than six by six or six by, I think you can probably do six by nine. Um, six by nine matches your camera's format. Uh, but what's yeah. nice about what's nice. I stitch six by six simply to get, the, the full benefit of, you know, resolution because if, otherwise you're cropping. So yeah, I, I always just do anything, you know, anything bigger than the 35 millimeter. I'll just, I'll just frame it so that the, the width of the camera uh, sensor matches the short side and then, you know, do two or three shots and yeah. it, it takes a little bit longer, but I think it's worth it. I think you, you get okay. I mean, yeah, you get it a lot of good information. The only thing it takes longer than is is shooting thirty five millimeter, is is scanning. You know, doing thirty five millimeter. Oh no, you're you're, 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 you're no, no no no. The whole process is faster 
than scanning one strip. Yeah, but uh, not but stitching oh adds a step. That's all. Yeah, stitching yeah. adds a step. It's still faster. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. and it's not just it's not just faster, but it's 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 easier. It, uh, so I find I, it easier. So I'm still using a scanner for 35 millimeter, but it's a dedicated film scanner. It's very very slow, but for for my purposes, it does a better job than shooting that small negative with a camera. However, the issue I have is that I've been using uh, that you know that plug-in in Lightroom uh, Negative Lab Pro, which is improved and gives much more interesting color and control over that. Uh, but it really likes the camera files a lot better than the scanner files. It's uh, it's there. There's just something about that interface that works way better if you're using a digital camera than a scanner. So, so that's that's the only regret I have about that. But I don't. I'm kind of drifting away from 35 millimeter. It's really fun to shoot, but I just like what I get out of big film so much better that it's I'm yeah. Just, yeah 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 no um and um you know this year uh, about halfway through the year I was. Um, you know, I was locked away, um, uh, by social distancing, not by any laws in my area. Um, <laughs> no, you're, you're on your own. It's in my area. Um, but the, um, I, I bought a Rico R1S, uh, which is a super small pocket point and shoot. And so I've shot more 35 millimeter film this year than I have in years because I, it, it just fits in my pocket. It's always there. Um, it is very easy to control the autofocus. Um, I, I, I don't miss focus on it ever. Um, uh, unless I'm taking a selfie sometimes that, you know, uh, I'm not controlling it there, but, um, so I've scanned a ton of 35 millimeter. And in fact, I've stopped cutting up my 35 millimeter rolls because it's so much easier to just keep on pulling it through mm -hmm. the, um, the pixelator. And if I ever get a mongoose, you're not getting a mongoose, I, you're getting a mystery uh, product. I'm getting a using the mongoose. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ethan, that's good because you're getting one of my mystery products too. Uh, Nick, you're out of luck. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to the next one. And I'm going to hold something you, up to my camera. So oh, be before you, you uh, go on to the next one, do you maybe want to do like a quick list of what we're going to do? No, no let's just go okay. through it. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Let's Keep going. Through and, and everybody can go, is mine going to be next? Is mine going to be next? Right. Um, I have uh, a little item that I'm going to hold up, um, and it is about the size of the end of my thumb, the last uh, knuckle in my thumb, and it is a light meter. Um, it is the Raveni Labs light meter, and uh, Matt Beckberger was on the other day. And here, I'm going to show you how I use the yes, both of the homemade camera zines with some excellent cameras yes. as well. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, I wasn't putting it on, but this is what I was out using it with yesterday. So um, it fits right on the end of my, oh yeah, well, if I actually 
had it on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> that is absurd. But anyway, um, it was sitting right on the end of my Chamonix. Um, and I was out shooting yesterday. Um, and it was, uh, it was a, uh, this is a a great little product. There are, um, alternatives out there. In fact, if you're, uh, um, somebody who buys a lot of stuff, uh, on, uh, uh, AliExpress, you'll see a lot of light meters, but here the, there are light meters that are the size of this. I'm holding up a battery. Um, and then there are the light meter. Uh, I think that, um, the revenue, um, Reveni, Reveni, which one is it? Come on. Reveni labs, uh, version is, um, is the smallest, lightest, easiest to use, um, for, for me. It's about Um, the size of the one that I, had in my uh, drawer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's a it's it's uh, smaller than the butter, um, isn't it? Smaller than the butter. Yeah, I mean the the butter meter was uh, six times the size of what it should have been yeah. because it yeah, was analog. Be, but, uh, even my digital one would have been twice the size of the Reveni Labs meter. Yeah. So, so I'm, so I'm um, curious. I'm curious. Can okay. you? Uh, can you? Imagine if imagine that you're farsighted and you need reading glasses, and you know pretty badly farsighted. Can you read the tiny little numbers easily on it? Um, without okay, your so reading glasses, yeah. Let me let me show you my little friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I just held up was a loop that I use um, that's on a string that um, hangs off the back of my uh, Chamonix to make sure that I am properly focused. So um, I can read it. I, I, I'm going to be wearing reading glasses at that point anyway, because I am horribly, uh, I am very much farsighted at this point in my life um, after having uh, LASIK surgery about uh, 2008. So that's 12 years ago. Um, I'm very farsighted. Um, and, uh, which is perfect. I mean, I can see crisp at a distance, uh, but I, in order to see the ground glass on my camera, I have to, I have to be wearing glasses anyway. So, um, I, I, if you were, that may be an issue if you are without glasses and you're looking through a 35 millimeter you know, you're using it on, say, a um, Leica M2, um, like that, uh, like a, you know, if you have it on your Leica M2 and you're you're just doing the, you know, the normal stuff um, of looking through and focusing. Yeah, that could be an issue. I haven't, I haven't really found it to be an issue. I haven't used it much on the M2. I've used it on uh, larger format cameras. Uh, mostly. So um, that's a fabulous little product. Um, I'm not going to say what it is, but I understand he is expanding the line. Um, And I'm excited to see what is coming out with that. Um, So uh, where should we go next, guys? What's next on the list? Well, well, what's next? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm just jumping around. 
Okay. I'm jumping around. I'm, so maybe we uh, should okay. talk about like we're we're kind of like we're almost into the the realm of the uh, small garage factory made product podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, be- okay. So before you get into what you were gonna do, let me say I'm going to talk about my favorite camera of the year that is not even a camera. Um, it's Heather Oklaus's dollhouse. Um, uh, uh, um, I, it's a camera I, obscura. It, it is. It's kind of, <laughs> it's um, much more than that. It is so much more than that. Um, it is so, it, it, it makes me so happy. Um, uh, and okay. So what it is, is it is a dollhouse. It's a dollhouse. That's probably, uh, two meters by one and a half meters. Uh, so three feet by two feet, something like that. Um, and it is in each one of the rooms, there is a window at the front. And I believe what she used was, um, a, uh, um, magnifying uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Con- there we go i want to yeah i want to comment your your metric conversion was way off uh, i was holding yeah it doesn't it. matter <laughs> yeah. one meter yes. by two-thirds of a meter <laughs> yes yeah i understand that i'm just uh i'm just giving real ballpark is the idea the i understand that a meter oh did i say a meter and a half two meters no sorry yeah anyway. yeah um so that makes that makes heather into a towering giant (laughs) okay um but what it is is okay so in each one of those windows there is a magnifying fresnel and then in the back of each of the rooms is a ground glass and so as you go take that through the world you're seeing the ground glass. Now it's not designed, I don't think it's designed to actually take a picture. It is designed to see the world. Um, and what better way yay. to see the world than through a dollhouse? Yeah. So so um Ethan, I I interrupted your idea of the the cottage industry, something I just heard recently referred to as cottage core. Uh, the idea that you make stuff out of your house and that's more authentic um, than making, you know, stuff in a factory. But um, you were you were talking about the idea. Um, oh, well, yeah. so making making stuff at home, even if you're making it for sale, involves low low lower usually less technology or you know less mass production and at least yes. you know maybe you make a few jigs or you have maybe you have a, a good machine for cutting or printing things but it's still not the same as the kind of mass production that you know that that uh, real store-bought cameras uh, come out of so it, it remains homemade it's just uh, homemade as a as a business instead of homemade for personal use right i think that what ethan was talking about was the difference between um you know us putting together um uh cameras for ourselves you know hacking them together out of wood or whatever you know or um 
what for those of you who have been with us from the beginning, um, Nick and I started out making franking cameras. Um, you know, taking folders, pulling the folders off, and sticking a a, a better lens on the end, and and making some some different cameras. Um, you know, different focal length, different different quality of lens. Um, and they were they were one offs. Um, and now we're getting, you know, little ten offs and twenty offs. Um, well, we can talk me, about you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, Freeman Lynn um, uh, up there in Kanakistan um, is uh, it, it, yeah, his is the press pan, right? Right. And he's the, basically yeah. making a production Franken camera, which is yeah. really appealing to me. And also, mm-hmm. I think as old cameras start to die, they will more and more become, you know, the raw materials to build new cameras from instead of being restored. Like some of them you can keep restoring, but when electronics go, you know, it it's usually at, you're out of luck. And so you still right. like, you still have a good useful body with, you know, maybe a film transport or whatever else that, that can still be used. Yeah. And Freeman Lynn is on Instagram as watch me make. And, um, he's, uh, he's done a bunch of different, um, uh, camera bodies that, um, that he's kind of reamed out to get a wider, um, Oh, uh, a wider image. Um, so that's the pan part. And then he, um, changes the mount and has been putting um uh Mamiya press lenses on them. He uh I think that currently he's working on one with Nimzolo back. Mm-hmm. Um so that is uh, that's something that's that's kind of exciting. So um but uh um I'm not sure you you can you can follow him watch me make on Instagram and um some some fun stuff there and while while you're mentioning his panoramic camera i'd like to comment that practically everybody came out with a new panoramic camera this year i mean you did ethan did there's several others being to be fair (laughs) well yeah but it really it it's i think it hit this year a lot of its life happened this year it seems like everybody was i mean practically what a very high percentage of the uh, cameras in our upcoming magazine are panoramics. I mean, it's one after yeah. the other all the way through. And and I think there, it just occurred to me the other day that it's the year of the pandemic and the year of the panoramic. <laughs> <laughs> Panoramademic? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, why do you think that is, Nick? I, my, I have a suspicion, which is that like there were not that many commercially available cameras that shot panoramic images which means they're less around so those are maybe the first for people to home build but do you think there's some other cultural reason uh that we're seeing so many well we are in a time where there are people are living with long narrow screens like you know the whole the whole digital monitor world from phones up went to that movie style panoramic point of view and I think I think after years and years and years of the three to two format being what people associate with still photography, there's kind of a liberation to all of a sudden be going into another equally familiar format. Um, yeah. And I like 
there's also there's also that feeling that you can have more going on in the frame like the you know the whole television world started with almost a square uh, which is a wonderful format and I love it but it's about one head you know and as soon as yeah. you put two heads into that you jump way back and the panoramic yeah. lets you have two people in one space and still be close up and that's that's I mean that's probably why it took over in cinema because you know it's headshots get pretty boring in the movies you want to yeah. see at least two people <laughs> so there's right. a kind of a practical you know, real estate reason for the panoramic uh, layout, which I think is much stronger part of visual culture now than it used to be. So why not? I would also posit um, the idea that um, we are, because we're encountering fewer people, we are shooting more landscape. Um, And so, you know, the panorama is very much a landscape format. See, I would have thought it was um, the year of the square uh, because everybody's only shooting selfies this year. Uh, well, the the reason I no, I the thing that makes it a great uh, landscape format is not so much that it's wide per se, but that it lets you get a wide shot with a longer lens, and that uh-huh. that's really advantageous. So wide angle lenses can be problematic in the landscape because the background can get too far away. Um, and so just widening the sensor is more productive. So it could be square with a really huge piece of film too, I suppose, but you know, that, that I have to say own problems. <laughs> well, and, and you just said something about sensor. Um, I, I am super surprised that nobody, none of the, camera manufacturers are, or even nobody's put any money in a camera with two sensors side by side, Mm -hmm. or you could rotate them, you know? Well, so um, does Apple do that? Yeah. You got like a triple camera right now. I think it's more interesting for that. That's one sensor per lens. I'm saying two sensors for for one lens. Yeah, which which is the the only logical solution because they're not going to come out with a custom you know panoramic sensor um, that's big right. enough to use for stills. Well, it's, there's just not yeah. enough uh, a demand for it. But putting yeah. two by side by side and essentially you know stitching them with software in live view or whatever is perfectly yeah. possible. I, I think you would the, have to uh, interpolate. I think the obvious solution is just like a 65 megapixel Sony that you crop. Yeah, right. And that's that's what Fuji does. They have a crop mode, which is a lot of fun, actually. Sure. And it saves the raw, so you get that back up if you change your mind. Yeah, uh, wouldn't it be cheaper, though, um, to... 18 megapixel sensor side by side rather than a 65 no. megapixel Sony? No, right, because then... I mean, it's like there's some manufacturing scale that Fuji's got to deal with, right? Like, it's, I think... Uh, I was thinking Canon, but yeah. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. No, I think I think you're right in principle, Graham, but, uh-huh. it, but in terms of the products that they're interested in selling, they're not going to do it. I mean... They do make a beautiful big sensor that would that makes a fantastic panoramic if you crop it, yeah. but it's like a several thousand dollar camera, you know. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you're almost you would be cheaper to buy two regular 
APS-C cameras and mount them side by side <laughs> and take simultaneous photographs. Uh, oh, can you hear? Can you hear Ethan? One of these back days, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna do a stereography show for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, stereo photography. So, like uh, Nick, pick something off our list. Uh, what well, do you want to talk talk about next? Uh, well, let's see. So, uh, the thing I'll just mention briefly that, and I've talked about this enough that everyone's bored with it, but the uh, you've got written on the list speed graphic thing, and I think what you mean there yeah, that's is yours. that I yeah. sawed down a speed graphic to make uh, a camera that I could use uh -huh. modern system medium format lenses on. Um, and I've been more and more involved with developing ways to use speed graphics because they have a, a decent in-camera shutter and you can use all sorts of lenses that don't come in a shutter, which makes them much less expensive and opens up a much wider variety of options, faster lenses, more modern lenses, but also much older lenses. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's this, I, I guess I'm really focused on combination of lenses and big film that's that seems to be what i most interested in because i like the results the best and these cameras are a little awkward and a little slow to use but i am so much more excited by the kinds of images i can make with them that it's worth putting up with a little extra trouble mm -hmm. and so that's a that's a direction i'm going in and now a few other people uh, out there are edging towards a good uh, some, uh, a, a, a useful shutter that can be used on a homemade camera scale. Um, so not uh, not the fancy leaf shutters that we can use with large format and some medium format lenses, but an actual in-camera shutter that allows you to use any kind of lens. That's People are inching towards that, but um, it's not quite available yet but it's gonna it's gonna happen and that opens yeah. up oh, the same thing that you my speed graphic uh conversions opens up which is mm, what i'm most excited to buy at this point going forward um and uh and i think it's i think it's i think there's room to convince some even you know better things i'd love to see a very simple mechanical shutter uh for smaller lenses that's practical for homemade and it's yeah you know we're getting we're getting closer and closer people are working on it yeah uh, yeah i'm uh, i'm with you on that uh i um and for large format as people are moving into large format uh more and more and that's something that's on our list um it, that we've seen a lot of um large format home builds and, and cottage build, um, that is, um, that's exciting. Um, uh, I, I'm, uh, I have, um, I've been talking about, uh, building, uh, lenses. Um, and right now I'm kind of limited building lenses, uh, for my, um, uh, Graflex RB, um, now four by four, but it was a three by four. Um, and I'm limited to that because that's where the shutter is. 
So I would love to to uh, to figure out some shutters. And, you know, it doesn't have to have a, a very long travel. You know, it only needs to be a short travel. So maybe that's a 2021 uh, thing that we're we're talking about. I think it is, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, yeah, so, I want to call 2021 the year of the shutter. It's not going to be me. Okay. But I think that's, that's what's going to happen. So uh, 2020 was the year of shuttering. And 2021 <laughs> is the year of the shutter. Shuttering in place. Shuttering. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Shuttering in place. Well, I'm not um, sure that's going to be over uh, next year, but uh, at least we can see the end coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um, okay. So let's talk. Um, uh, let's talk about um, the. Uh, we've got some stuff coming out of Steve Lloyd, um, his, uh, and the chroma camera. Um, also with that, um, they delivered, I don't know, was that a full 2020 project? Um, the, um, uh, the, the wet six, plate seven, holder. Nine. Oh, the wet plate. No, I'm, I, the, the wet plate holder with, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah the wet, the wet and dry plate plate holders both from 20th century camera and from chroma camera are pretty much yeah. came out this year and jay lane yeah. was in jay lane the there chroma. we he was involved in the chroma designing yeah. the chroma uh dry plate and wet plate holder um mm -hmm. which and theirs has got a nice feature which is that you can get with it uh a, you know a spacer that makes it into a, you can use it with regular film as well. I think that is um, an so original that's, that's Jack Perry design, actually. He's been making them as well. Well, 20th Century first. Camera makes them as well. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. who was first on that. It doesn't really matter. It's, yeah. a, it's a logical, it's just a logical extension of a very old, uh, one of the oldest ways of, you know, exposing an image in a camera. Um, it's just moder been modernized um, and yeah. made, made a practical for modern production. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was uh, hanging out on live stream, I think, crimping cables or sanding something the other night, and uh, Jason Lane came on to say hi, and he was assembling like uh, 10 or 20 dry plate holders, doing some glue. We, we had a long talk about adhesives, and then actually somebody called in um, to ask a question about his dry plate camera and i just happened to have jason on the line it was like a real car talk <laughs> episode it was great so well, one thing that's interesting about that list um so let's so i noticed in in my opinion quite a few of the small relatively small companies that are making cameras are expanding dramatically this year and if you if you go down the whole list of the com you know chroma intrepid cameradactyl uh, 20th Century Camera, Jay Lane, uh, Dora Goodman, um, Freeman Lynn, all these people Raveni, who are making, yeah. Raveni Labs, yeah. all these people are making, uh, they're, they're ex a lot of them are expanding. Some of them are moving into, you know, bigger, bigger facilities and they're, some of them are hiring people. They're expanding the lines of what they offer dramatically. And a big part of what's driving that is the move towards more and more people being interested in large format at a scale i, I had no idea was going to happen i, I mean, thought what was driving it was uh online shopping as retail therapy <laughs> well that's part of it and and a lot of people had more time to focus on 
you know, fiddling with they're stuck at home and maybe weren't able to work. Um, but, you know, so there are all these, there are all these, those factors, but I think that the trend was going to happen anyway. Um, yeah. It may have accelerated it this year. Um, it isn't completely logical that with a huge economic downturn, people are spending more money on such use, you know, relatively useless things as large format cameras. <laughs> so it's a, uh, it's a bit surprising. Um, it's a bit counter uh, it goes against the flow of a lot of things. So it's, I think it's significant. I don't think it's going to stop. Uh, I think the next few years, it's going to keep expanding. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, I think that there's something about this year in particular, um, there, the idea of purchasing from somebody, not necessarily who, you know, personally, but who you know of, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, uh, oh, yeah. as we've been talking, Ethan's been putting together, um, uh, mongoose. <laughs> yeah. I've been putting together, uh, four pin yeah. JST connectors, which I should have hired a child or a service to do, but you know, sometimes uh -huh. you just gotta muscle through because crimping ain't easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that's that's Ethan the gangsta right there. Crimping ain't easy. Yeah, no, well, I think um, there is there is a, there oh, is a strong incentive for people to come up with self employment, obviously, yeah. because and there and there's a great pool of people who need a job. You know, so I was able to keep working through the pandemic, and I was and I hired somebody full time to help me with that. So, you know, this is a really good time for any business to figure out a way to offer employment because there's tons of people looking for work and uh that's uh yeah so that's a factor too i suppose yeah yeah um and uh you know i know for a fact that they're within our community and of the people that we're talking about i i know several uh people who spent time laid off um mm -hmm and uh laid off from their employment i've been lucky that my employment has been constant um and uh you know so so it is a different um environment that's what we'll say that's mm -hmm. it's a different environment so um uh is there anything oh let's talk about the lomo instant back the instax back yeah. um uh, what now, um, what, uh, what do you guys want to say about that? Um, I got, I anybody want to wanna take it, a lead on that? For sure. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. You know, I think, uh, there's a couple of products that, you know, I have a, this request form on my website and I try and get back to people, but sometimes, you know, it just goes into a list and months later I'll check to see what people want. But probably the number one requested camera or camera product that I get is some form of Instax back for large format cameras or medium format cameras or um, Instax cameras that take Mamiya press lenses. And I think they're sort of, you know, kind of no-brainer products, right? Because uh, uh -huh. Instax is fun, it's inexpensive, and it doesn't generally come with nice lenses. Although I think that actually the Fuji lenses are pretty good and, you know, I, I dig them for what they are. Anyway, um, 
I get these requests all the time, and uh, there are people like Max Wanderlush who, and other like eBay sellers who just tear the front end off of a Fuji Instax camera, and they mount a Mamiya Press camera, and they sell those. And I thought, never could I compete price-wise with those, and they're perfect cameras. I wouldn't, you know, maybe I would add some aesthetics to it, but that's literally not been my strong suit yeah but ethan those would be your aesthetics and though yeah mm, mm. my aesthetics are okay. interesting to say the <laughs> least um they are uh like electric dreamland uh engineering aesthetics but you know um i have always shied away from those types of products because i would just have to charge more than i think they are worth to build things like that at, at my scale anyway um but then Lobo, Lomo came out with this thing, and I sighed a big, you know, sigh of relief. Like, sometimes I have uh, sort of, I look back and I regret, like, why didn't I make that product? Like, when Matt just, like, hammered me, <laughs> which was awesome. Um, I, I love Matt Beckberger. But um, when Lomo came out with this thing for $134, I thought, like, this is exactly why I didn't do that, right? I would have sold that back for three or four hundred dollars, right? Because it was taking me hours to produce at the scale, and I'm not going to go to injection molding for that you, with my own money. And you've got to source uh, metal rollers and all that type of stuff and motors. I got to tell you a story offline, uh, but okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what that did was like one convinced me I made absolutely the right decision by not putting five or six months into that. Um, mm -hmm and then just getting crushed by Lomo. And two, I was excited that it exists because the community is going to like it. I'm, I'm about to buy one when I get off this podcast. You told me about the sale. Um, and they're on sale right now for 134 Buy now! Down from, down from uh, 149 so. Yeah, I mean, either. And in case, any, in case, case, in case anybody isn't aware, this is, um, this is a... Lomo April. wide or Instax wide film holder that goes on a four by five graph lock back, which means vast numbers of cameras will be able to just take this directly, just slap it on and go. And well, the only end go is is a little bit of a misnomer. You do have to change the uh, focusing distance because of some flange issues, but but pretty close to but, end go. Well, yeah, okay, but don't isn't there a Does ground it just glass? Come with a spacer? Doesn't come with its own ground glass. Uh, Unsure. I mean, there's there's work? many. It's a almost trivial project or problem at this point right, yeah. for most okay. cameras. But you know, I think yeah. um, I was really glad that they did it. One because it proved me right that I should not have been in that market. You know, at least as camera dactyl. Um, and two, it's a great. Are you should have been in your butter. No, maybe <laughs> I'll tell you about some things offline. Yeah. But, anyway, um, go on. Go on. Go on. Uh, the fact that that product exists is going to open up, you know, for 134 bucks, it's, it's like a super good deal. And so yeah. I think it's going to open up a lot of possibilities for people like me. Uh, Steve Lloyd is already advertising that his cameras will fit, even though I don't think the thing that he's advertising will fit is in existence, but maybe he has an early one. I don't know. Um, you know, People uh, like Max Wanderlush, uh, everybody right in this community is now sort of unburdened because for 130 bucks you can make a camera that uh, you know fits uh, Instax wide, which is a really great deal, and it's 
you know, one of those off-the-shelf parts that I'm not uh, averse to using. And particularly because if Lomo stops making them, you can still shoot 4x5 with such a camera. Right? Um, it's, right. it's really clever, and I love that it exists, and I'm excited for it to be sort of on shelves. I... I kind of it think... does it does come with a focusing and composition spacer, so they they it you it's a complete package. You don't have to uh, okay. You don't have to do and, any work yourself. And so you throw one of those on the back of the OG, and all you need is a different color uh, scale on your focusing scale, right? Yeah. Well, the OG um, isn't a graph lock back, so oh, you got a point. Yeah, well, I mean, but it'll I, fit. I, I mean, I think it'll, it'll fit. fit. I haven't been advertising it'll fit because I will not advertise that something will fit that I haven't held in my own damn hands. But uh, right. it's it's the same shape. You just need to uh, change the orientation of the bungees, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so so anyway, I think that that's uh, that's that's and if pretty it doesn't, exciting. I will make it fit. <laughs> and the, the other thing. About- the other thing about it that's really a big deal is that it's uh, it's a big enough piece of instant film to be worth using, and it's much much cheaper than anything Polaroid's doing in this in this mm-hmm. you know in that scale. So the film itself is much more affordable. And another kind of nice thing is it it also I think it's going to fit perfectly on my three by four speed graphic which has been converted to take a four by five graph lock back and i think the film size is just really close to three by four uh, three and a quarter by four and a quarter right so it'll work on that camera which is also Mm -hmm. good news Mm -hmm. there's a ton of those cameras out there i'm excited something similar too Yeah. yeah the only problem is that you the um it it it's an slr right so that mirror distance is is the well, biggest problem on no my mine is I, not I'm the one that I own. Yeah, mine yeah. mine is you will but you've got one you've yeah, got a yours is, yours is yours is yes I do yours is good for uh, but mine is my little junior is not and will not be converted to four by five it's a three mine's a two and a quarter by three and a quarter camera yeah. so it's smaller than yours but that's beside the point what the Instax is actually a, a good. Uh, use of it is basically portraits so you're going to want longer lenses anyway it's not you're not going to be doing landscape photos on instax wide you know it's more about things that are up close and fill the frame and you know that kind of thing right exactly so um okay so uh i we're we're coming towards the end of our of our list um we can talk about the kraken uh really quickly um uh, the the Kraken is um, is alive and um, still sells quite steadily, um, and um, you know every few days um, or at least once a week, uh, somebody sends me an email with something that they've done with it. You know, modified it, um, put a different type of lens on it, um, th- that type of thing. Um, uh, I was just talking with, oh, now I can't think of, I've just been talking with, uh, with Santa Claus. one of the people who, who, yes, I've been talking with Santa Claus about, uh, putting, um, six by nine folding lenses on it. Um, they vignette just a little bit, but, um, yeah. They or, probably did uh, on the original wait. folders too. 
or, what are you, or no. 16. What are you um, talking about? Camera. What camera? Uh, I'm the Kraken. Um, so uh, people are building. Um, so some are going to work and some aren't. I, I think some, find some, right. some of them will cover. Yeah. Uh, well, all of those old six six sixteen folders, um, those cover, mm -hmm. or they're pretty close. Um, you know, and if you know if it's a big issue, you can crop. Um, right. So, and there's also all the quarter plate cameras. So there are one thirty five yeah. lenses, uh, yeah, native, and those those will work. But I'm finding also quite a few of the old projection lenses. Once you have a shutter, yeah, uh, there's a whole lot of old lenses that have ridiculously large coverage i mean little tiny lenses that cover four by five um and are you know 20 30 dollars on ebay so there's a lot of possibilities as soon as you have a shutter yeah and that's um that's our call that i i think that that's our um um let's see we have a little chat on oh and it went away skip williams just said uh okay i'm sorry i have the um I got you. From... Okay, uh, yeah. Skip yeah. Williams says the lenses from the Kodak 3A should definitely work on a Kraken as they had a almost 16 centimeter image circle. Thanks, Skip. There we go. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Thanks for uh, for participating along. Um, so uh, so yeah, let's let's talk about. Um, I guess. Uh, do you want to say anything more about uh, the mongoose, other than it's um, it's being fulfilled right now as it we is, watch? It or? is being fulfilled. I have two products based on the mongoose in the pipeline that I am so sad that I cannot work on because uh, crimping ain't easy, and I spend all day now yeah. making wires and pieces. I had a uh, Monday morning manufacturing mishap, which was malevolent <laughs> uh i found out i made um about 30 upper film gates that had an artifact in the slice and uh i was like on the verge of tears okay it's a hundred dollars worth of plastic and it's two days worth of uh running this thing uh this thing being the whole farm and i'm now about caught up and i actually had a few more electronics parts come in so now i can make all of the boards for the two boards that go in the scanner and sort of it's not going to slow me down at all by the time I wait for the last couple of uh, pieces to go into the control box uh, but yeah it's it's been a slog and I've uh, really enjoyed the opportunity to be able to make things for people at this quantity and uh, I'm just really like fantasizing about the day when I can get back to design and prototype um, and then maybe even hire yeah. a kid to do things like assemble wires like I am doing now. Black, green, red, blue. <laughs> All day through my head. Um, yeah. And yeah, I even, I mean, this is, again, Ethan getting off into like, you're, you're going to get mad at me like you get it mad at Andre when he talks about watches on the Negative Positives podcast, which is <laughs> um, I have been, you know, spending all day either chatting people on the internet. I, actually, I think that's the, the big thing that has come of the mongoose is that I have so much, you know, stupid, not stupid, but necessary, but, you know, not full brain things like what I'm doing now, uh, which, you know, black, green, red, blue hasn't really slowed me down too much. And so I've started the 
most intentionally boring live stream of all time, which is like, I just, I got this uh, camera and this light and these headphones and a new long ethernet cable. And I've started live streaming pretty much all day while I'm doing tasks like this. And half of that live stream is terrible because it's me playing the smooth sounds of Mike Gutterman in background music for productions, volume one through five, while I do something like this silently all day. Right. But then uh, I've opened up the chat and people have come in from all over the world. I had a kid in Romania, Nick, welding a dog cage in the background. Uh, I've talked to David Khrushchev, who I've seen on Facebook for years, who's in the Netherlands, who figured out some things about the RA4 process. Um, I've sold a camera to a guy in Houston who came on my stream to ask if I was shipping his camera. And I said, this is your camera. And then later in the week, he said, I got my camera. And I said, do you want to assemble it on live stream? And he came and assembled it on live stream. And I've talked to uh, people in, you know, uh, England and Wales and Scotland, Romania, the Netherlands. I think I talked to somebody in Germany the other day, uh, Argentina, Brazil, uh, like just it's it's for me been the year of like, you know, I'm never going to be famous on live stream, right? Like nobody is going to find my channel and be like, I want to watch this guy crimp cables. But it's been amazing because people who kind of know me and us and you guys uh, have found it and come to chat and like you know I've been quarantined for five years now in my garage but other people are <laughs> coming to meet me here you know and uh, and hang out on the internet and it's been really like I think in some ways 2020 is like and, and this doesn't really have much to do with the mongoose other than it has forced me to sit at this table with the camera on. Uh, it's been the year of like online community and I'm excited to see kind of where that goes. And Eric Matthew, oh, we, we've got a bunch of, uh, a bunch of comments here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw the, there, there was a discussion uh, about whether it's mongoose. No, it's mongooses. No, it's so, mongoose. So, so why don't I see it's any? Mod. Yes, Simon. At all. I have uh, the chat window open. No, because oh, you're in uh, Google Hangouts. The chat's coming yeah, on coming Twitch, Facebook, or, and YouTube. Um, yeah, I'm I'm seeing the YouTube. Um but um the uh uh yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Uh I think the community has grown. I think the community has solidified. And um, with a couple of very minor exceptions, I think that we have uh, just an incredible supportive community. And I think that that's great. You just talked about uh, Gutterman's um, live, or what is it? Uh, music Background for Music for Productions, volumes one and five. The open source music um, that's taking the podcast world by storm in 2020 and 21. This is Polaroid by Mike Gutterman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Gutterman had us on the show. You know, it's a competing show, theoretically. But that's There's what no I competition. Love about. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only competition is is in uh topping somebody else you know uh they had this person on well we'll have somebody better it, it's a friendly competition we've got th the best community uh in the world um i know eric wanted to call it incestuous i'm gonna call it a community 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, government, thank you for having us on, um, the, uh, negative positives. Um, I am, uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, not happy that Roxana has, um, become overwhelmed with other things in her life and she won't be a regular on the show. Um, I think she was the best part of your show. Um, but yeah, so, um, uh, and, and I say that with love. Um, so I think we should probably start winding down. Um, uh, I, I think that, um, 2021 is the shutter year. It is also the homemade lens year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to make that prediction. I know it, it will be for me. Um, whether it's the shutter year or not, it's going to be the homemade lens year. Yeah, I think Eric uh, and Jason Lane are both on that, as am I, but they're yeah. light years ahead of me. Yeah. Well, I think Jason Lane's been on that for the for the last, well, what, 20 years? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the dude has right. lenses on the space station. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. And I still, I still want to ask him for a really good 40 millimeter uh, range, coupled rangefinder lens. I think that he needs to come up with that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and do it, uh, M39 so we can have, you know, M39 and, um, uh, Leica M mounts on that. So Skip thinks we should have, uh, Freeman Lynn back on. We should, um, we should probably have everybody we've had back on, which some of them we are working on right now. I tried to get us a guest today, but she is, uh, little little yeah. actual has has an actual job that actually is life and death for some people <laughs> uh we're gonna have some people exactly. on again so um so i think we should probably wind it down um uh sh- oh yeah look see my battery is dying on my do you do you uh, want to do a quick my, call in section yeah. or we should uh end this i'm yeah. i'm gonna be doing yeah. this all day so i can do call-ins yeah. while you guys are yeah doing yeah actual work. Sure, sure. Go ahead and do that, and right. I'm changing battery for those of you so, who are looking at uh, the Fuji Film. Join our chat. The link is down here. You can come talk to us. Um, I think that's the right link. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, yeah, oh, I can't see it off the bottom. Oh yeah, okay, there it is. It is on. It is visible. And I have just tangled my camera around. So this is top level, mm-hmm. top, le- top level production. Production. Um, so, yeah, I wonder um, if, if anybody's in the, the chat and wants to come on in uh, video chat with us, what do you think 2021? What are your predictions in the photo industry? Yeah. Uh, what are you going to be working on in the next year? And what do you want to see? other uh makers either you know small businesses or just random people uh make in 2021 let's see we've got who do we have uh okay Eric and the link it the link is meet.google.com dot habis whoosh yeah it's it's down in the bottom of the screen i just come in too 
Yeah. I just came uh, into Whoopi Habits Woosh. Okay, I'm out. Yeah. Oh, I'm reading the reading the link there. Uh, we have Eric Matthew with us. Uh, I think uh, at this uh, point, you know, one one more of these shows, Eric, and you are no longer the co-host on the uh, unmentionable podcast. You are now our co-host. Right. I'm socially right. starved at home, working from home, and this is <laughs> like 8:30. I can actually come here and not feel bad because I'm not at my day job yet. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, Eric, I got I got to say, like, one of the nicer things has been that you've come to hang out with me all the time while I am grimping. <laughs> hey, and we got Skip Williams. Here, I'm going to make, I'm, like I'm going to smallerize myself a little bit here so we can see Skip. Hold I on. I also make it my, my life's mission to make Nick smirk. It's really, like. <laughs> hey, Skip, can you hear us? <laughs> hey. Uh, you are muted. For our podcast listeners, um, Eric and Nick look like they could be cousins. Not quite brothers, but look at that. They could be cousins. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, don't have, I, have very, I only have two cousins, so I can uh, use hang, hang on a sec, guys. Hey, Skip, you're <laughs> um, muted through Google Meet, so you want to turn off the live stream wherever you're watching it or pause it or mute it. And then in the Google Meets window, um, at the bottom, there's a little microphone icon that should be red. If you click it, there you go. Now you can talk. At the bottom, there's a little microphone yeah, icon. Yeah, that echo is why you got to shut off the stream wherever you're watching it to talk to us. <laughs> yeah, okay. we turn off the YouTube stream. Yeah. yeah. You it's really disconcerting otherwise. Yeah. Underwater podcast. Well, That's a good idea. yourself twice. It is a good idea. I would prefer uh, to hear myself. Oh, yep. Guys are all fuzzy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, That's it's nice. going to be fuzzy on that. Uh, it, it's because we haven't shaved. We'll, we'll be <laughs> well, clear actually. on the internet. I have a good, I have the master connection to uh, YouTube, but uh, to you, we might be fuzzy right now, but yeah. you could go back and watch yourself clear on Facebook. <laughs> oh, just what I need. <laughs> yeah. So, Skip, what are you up to? Oh, nothing. I'm not working this week, so everything everything shut down in my business for like until like a couple of days before Christmas, and until after the New Year's pharmaceuticals. Wow. So all every, all the pharmaceutical business, unless it's manufacturing or research, just closes down. Damn. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, does that mean you have a week of camera building ahead of you? I, I have a week of whatever it is around here. I I spent a little bit of time uh, the other day, Graham, putting the new knobs on the Kraken that you sent me. Thanks very yeah. much. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Um, uh, just to let you guys know, uh, the Kraken has, and for anybody who uh, has built one, it does have a structural weakness in the um, in the knobs. Um, so if you are a Kraken builder, print the knobs a hundred percent. Um, and, uh, and usually that takes care of it. My next project, um, uh, has a knob system that is, uh, metal. Did you use my screwdriver so, tip idea? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Number two flathead screwdriver, uh, bits, and um, uh, there are two parts. There's the underside part and the top part. And they glue together, but they both have that hex shape. So 
um, it, it, there's no, there's nowhere to stress. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, Ethan, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the knobs were definitely the, uh, the weak point on that. So I, I haven't, I haven't taken it back out. Uh, I made the mistake the first time of putting it in and didn't realize I put the back on backwards. Uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't see the numbers. And I was like, I ran the whole roll through with, I couldn't, I kept rolling and rolling and rolling and no, no numbers. And I was yeah. Like, so I kind of, and then I started, I took the stupid, um, I was going to roll it back on, roll the roll back onto the original spool. And mm -hmm. I found out that that's not so easy, uh, because of, because it's only taped to one end. Uh, yeah. so I, uh, said F it and I just uh, unrolled the whole thing and ruined the roll of oh. uh, roll of Fortra 160. Oh no. So now, I have, so, so now I have a test roll that has film in it that I can use in any camera forever. Yeah, I keep a few um, of those in the drawer that I ruin on a you know absolute regular basis. And I, and yeah. I'm glad at least it was cheap film, right? Um <laughs> could be any more expensive. I should Yeah. It could have been Cinestill. All right, all right. L let me ask a question, Skip. I want to know what do you think uh, your personal projects are going to be in 2021, or and or what do you think um, kind of the small cottage homemade camera industry, you know, either small businesses or uh, just other people making stuff on the internet are going to kind of come out with, or what would you like to see? What what are your predictions or wishes for 2021 in the homemade camera world? The, the, the press, that press pan is actually pretty neat, but that's a, that's a, things like that are so Frankenstein oriented. You can't really, can't use something like that. Uh, I mean, you can use it, but you can't really make it. That's a, you know, things you like that are not. Well, of course you can make it. You just have to, you know, be set up for that kind of work. Yeah. I've got, uh, now I have, let me see, one, two, three, four. I have, I have five, Graflex back or horseman backs that I've got to do the light seals on. Um, yeah, and I we I started off with a discussion of light seals or, or or light trap. Okay, never mind. Go on. Yeah, and I, and you know, there's there's no good way to figure out. I have the material. It's not that hard to do, but it's hard to figure out which places need light seals and which places don't need light seals. The answer is all of them. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Everything. That's kind of what I thought. So I'm just going to yeah. put them on all of them. And I, and I actually found. I bought a an RH12 back. You know what an RH12 is? No. Mm -hmm. the, the square format back, yeah. uh, and with with a lever wind, not the not not the not the bad knob wind one, the lever wind one. Cool. So are, you, are these two by three? You're talking about square? No, no. But the they're the two by three graph lock or the four by five graph lock. The two by three, the roll film back. Yeah. Or the, not nice. not the four by five. And the the, yeah. the RH12s are not too easy to find. Um, mm. I guess they didn't make many of them. And the first one I bought is great, but it came without the dark slide. So, so now I've got to take, I bought, I bought a bunch of four by five slides. I'm going to have to come in a cut a four by five slide down. No, no you, you go to Ace Hardware and grab, um, they have uh, copper sheets, not copper, um, brass sheet. Oh, you can get aluminum as well. Um, so uh, it, seriously, uh, aluminum's, easy um uh it's it's not going to be as good as the stainless but it's going to be a well the originals were plastic mm -hmm. 
That's okay. You can. You just need the right thickness or and or yeah. a light seal that, that yeah. works with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, and actually, so you could buy stainless as well. I mean, uh, the only I, challenge with buying metal though is once you cut it, it gets really sharp at the edges. So you've got to be very careful yeah. with. Right. So there's sand. something. There's something called sandpaper that works really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should work. I'll send that to Ethan. Yeah, I'll be right back. So I, I've, um, I've been, I also have uh, roll film holders that fit four by five graph lock. Uh, Horseman makes a really good one. Um, the Wista. There are a number of bigger ones for for the four by five cameras. So I bought, I bought a bunch of, a uh, bunch of these nice vintage. I don't know they're vintage, but they're old four by five holders that are plastic. They're really nice thick plastic, and I'm mm. just. And I'm just going to cut them. I'm just going to cut. I cut a new dark slide out and hacksaw off the end. It'll have the handle and everything right. It'll stay right on it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That way I don't have to jigger any of that kind of stuff. I'll just kind of make it work. Because mm -hmm. it's all riveted. You can't take it apart. It just, yeah. it just feels bad because they're not really actively made anymore. You know. So it's sort of like, on one hand, yeah, absolutely. But on the other hand, it's like, shit, no one's really making those. So yeah, I got, just, I, I, I got, I got four of them for like ten bucks yeah. from some guy. Well, actually, though, the the J uh, J Lane Chroma uh, plate holders work fine with film. So there is somebody making. Them. It's true. It's true. Yeah, there you go. So, so that's so that's the thing that really struck me about this year is that instead of a boutique companies just making this or that or the other thing, you're starting to see pretty complete setups that are available. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so get, getting those to work, um, I, I bought a couple of 220 backs that I'm going to use for um, sprocket photography. So to put the, the put oh, 30 sure. millimeter in, because so it's, it's the right thickness and nobody wants the 220 backs. Yeah. So that, that that should work pretty well. So that'll give me a bunch of stuff to work. Before I have now five, one, two, three, four, five, six backs in this stupid thing. In the last month, I've probably made five custom binders for people's homemade cameras or whatever they're using to shoot panoramic 35 on 220. I think that's becoming a trend, at least the listeners of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and, and to, to your point, having a finders is a real problem when you have glasses on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah, everybody's got glasses, and almost all the finders, that, especially the... Um, the finders, they, they just don't work very well. On, yeah, the ones, the ones that I have made, like, you know, come with a warning, like, as as you get infinitely wide, you know, oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, okay, you got one of them. Um, I do. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all right, but, like, as you get really wide, you kind of have to, like, look over here and look over there and then yeah. figure it out. But and then uh, you're not glass is really yeah. nice. And then yeah. you're not really sure, like when you're doing this and that. It's like, is it just me like fudging with this to make it? Uh, you can be pretty sure. You know it's what just I want. Slow. Yeah, I know. So, so one one way to to do it is with a press camera style uh, sports finder. So yeah, fold fold up sports finder. Now those have a little tiny ring you have to shove your eye up to to make it work right. But I'm sure it would be really easy to change that eyepiece to allow well, a, a little more relief. I mean, that, the press to work finder, with your glasses. The press finder is like the same system as what I'm using, right? Except it has a tunnel between the front and the back. The issue is as as it gets really, really short, 
you know, and this was the first thing we argued about, and you were right. Remember, uh, this is this is when I had my uh, Asperger's moment and needed to email you. Um, but you just can't. Your eye can only see so much, right. clearly, and so like I don't know. I think I've sold a bunch of uh, finders that are fifty and sixty-five millimeters for uh, you know thirty-five on six by seven. So like the the width is enormous right so you can easily frame this way but you just you can't see as wide as the camera without like lining the back and the front up this way i think uh, it's six by nine yeah that's a pretty wide one too yeah. that's six by nine uh i think i have i think you made me a six by six and a six by nine for for mine a while ago. So yeah, so no, you you do need optics to see the whole image all at once. Mm -hmm. And one of the one of the uh, one of the why? Yeah. why why because <laughs> your field of view of your eye is limited to the forty three millimeter equivalent. Well, as long as you're willing, but if you it, but if as long you as you're willing to look back like and this, forth. Use a lens like this one. So this is what Dora Goodman and a lot of other people do. They get one of these cheap thrift store um, conversion lenses, and this is a. You could look through this thing, and you can focus pretty well. It gives a giant field of view. It's a. It's just a little wide-angle lens, and you can make a mask for this. And ideally, you use a clear acetate or plastic mask with lines drawn on it so you can see outside the frame anyway various different magnifications of these are available and they make a really effective uh way to see the whole field of view at once for wide angle um and you you've seen this with cameras too i mean that the way that a rangefinder camera works with wider angle lenses is that it's it's using optics to change your field of view so that your eye can see the whole wider field of view without having to move around uh, to the, you know, so you can see it all at once. And if so you're framing you, quickly, if you're trying to catch you, that perfect I, moment. I, I, I mean, to Ethan's credit, I can't, I can't see how it's any easier than sticking this thing up. I can look at it and I just kind of, it works perfectly. Uh, but it doesn't. <laughs> what lens are you using? <laughs> what, what lens are you using? What's the uh, it's got a 65 on it. Yeah, well, that's a wider angle lens. So your eye, you can move your eye around and it changes the framing, correct? Uh, yeah, but it's got, but it's angled. So I need to, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I right, it's, you're not more. perceiving that whole field of view at an instant. You just aren't. Unless there's a lens in there. If I could put a uh, my favorite finder of all, where to go? The two that I like. You ever you ever seen one of these? That has that has a lens in it. It is, but there's no. I mean, it's different. Those contour finders. Mm-hmm. The ones where I've you heard don't have. Them. Yeah. They, Skip, describe describe what it is for the podcast listener. This is abs this is absolutely. I think I think I have three of them. This is probably one of the best finders ever made uh, for, and especially with glasses. You know I mean? it, it's perfect. So when you it's there's there are optics in it, but it is a, an eyes wide open finder. So you put it up, and you hold both eyes up, and what's inside is an opaque black mask with. 
the frame lines um, cut out of it, like like painted in, in white. The frame, frame lines are translucent and painted in white. So when you put it up to your uh, up to your eye and you open both eyes, it superimposes a black map, a black field with a white um, with a white square that is the 50 millimeter frame on a 35 millimeter camera. And it okay. seems like it's the weirdest thing to use, but if you use one, I'm telling so you. So you're looking at this, you're looking at the scene with the eye that is not looking through the. Right the viewfinder and then the viewfinder just says hey here's your frame yeah if, if you've ever used a um um a, a like a 0.72 or um a one-to-one bessa um where you can cope when you can have both or m3 where you can keep both eyes open it's mm -hmm. very similar to that where you hold both where you use both eyes but it works fabulously it's a shame they never made it any other focal lengths it's um, like putting frame lines on the real world. That's right. It's, it's, yeah. like, it's like VR. Um, right. Uh -huh. that, so I, I use this Olympus Finder too. This, um, which is a little bit, which is not quite as good. I wish I had the, one of the, one of those action one of those action finders like that. So this is a Mamiya Press Sports Finder, and it has this outer frame that's up now is the normal field of view, so it's equivalent. It's for a hundred millimeter lens and okay. a Mamiya press and, camera. That's very similar to what your eyes field of view yep, is. Yep. And, and and for for the podcast listeners, what Nick is holding up is essentially um we're gonna we're all old enough. It, it it's a TV antenna. Um it's the it's, UHF TV antenna. It's um, a, no. <laughs> all right. It's a rectangular no. frame that frames the image and a tiny little yeah. uh, peephole it's, that you put your eye up to, which forces you to center yeah. on the frame, and therefore you're it's just you're seeing the it's just a wire. Now so there's the a reason of, these are never the objective made, is just a wire. Okay, these are never made for wide-angle lenses because you, you then you have to squirm around and try and peer up at yeah. the corners with your with your lens. There's another neat detail on this. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I can show it. Um, this one has a very simple adjustment so that the, the point of view of the peep uh, hole can be raised and lowered, and, and there's a convenient scale that lets you uh, adjust for parallax. So by raising okay. the peep point higher or lower, you you, know, you can make the field of view uh, correct for different focus distances. Uh, I just so it's a, it's a I want to point out it's a really elegant one. Skip has room for a milling machine back where he was uh, just standing. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has room for a milling machine. It just depends on what you can move out of your house. Turn it or <laughs> like my girlfriend. <laughs> at the end of the process of buying the milling machine and installing it in your house. For the, yeah, for the Kraken, I also put, um, this is the oh, yeah. Kraken. And you yeah. see it's got, um, I put, blue painter's tape to, uh, to tell me how what the framing looks like. Oh, yeah. So I can, you know, get on the back. And, I, and if it's sitting, if sitting on a tripod, I can really see, you know, exactly exactly where the where the edges of the frame are going to be. And I took out that little, the insert that you put in, Graham. Right. And if you take out the insert with this, this is a 90 on here. And I can hold it up. And it's almost perfect. Just with without the insert, uh, I can hold yeah. my eye up. And it is it is really close uh, and, at longer distances. And and for those of you who don't know, the Kraken has a finder that's two parts. 
One of them is a circle uh, where you place your eye, and that can move in and out in relation to a rectangle that's the two to one um, six by 12 frame. So if you have a really long lens on it, you, you make that a really long shape. And if you have a really short lens, you push it in and it's a short shape um, or it's a short distance. And that allows you to have essentially the frame lines. Yeah. I took it outside, stuck it on a tripod, put the ground glass on it and I could see exactly, you know, I could, I could look in the real world and see where the picture was ending on the, right. on, on the film gate. And then I could see, so I, I could put my little, yeah. my little thingies on and I could make sure it was, so it works great. Cool. Yeah, it works fine for, for framing. The, the difference, the, the reason for lenses is that if you want that instantaneous perception of the whole frame and the way that, uh, the, so uh, the Voigtlander Bessa for wide angle lenses, for instance, has a very wide angle viewfinder um, for that reason, um, so that you can get that instantaneous view of, of the whole image but it also means you shrink your the size of what you're seeing so you, yeah. you have a harder time seeing detail and yeah, mo most of the to be said for the sports finder approach and there's you can and all what i do for that is i try and train myself so i'm going to use you know a sports finder like this it's just going to give me the normal frame but i can tell myself well the actual image is going to be this much wider and it's pretty easy to, to kind of figure that out um, yeah, and learn the, to adjust to that. That's also what I do for di different formats. The, so uh, the for six the, by six, I just tell myself these sides are cut off. You know, the, the Retina actually they made a sports finder for this. I've never I haven't bought one, but they they had one for this that I think had probably three frame lines. It probably had probably had thirty five, fifty, eighty. My guess, maybe one thirty five as well. Uh, and I probably should I, find one of I, those. I've never seen a sports fighter go as wide as 35 millimeter, but uh, I've never seen them go wider than normal, which is around 40. Um, what else do I have? I also have a, um, I have a turret, an old uh, Voigtlander turret that has two finders. It has a 35 and an 80. You pick it up and, and a 50 and pick it up and turn it around and, and flip it up. Eric's, Eric's yeah. nodding his head. Yeah. Those are, those are, those are good, but they're wacky. I've seen it with the triple. Well, I have to, the, yeah, the, like the, the 135, 85, and a 50. Uh, mine is five. I have one with, yeah, I have one with five. That's yeah, those are AMZ. Yeah, the turn, the lensed. They're literally five different lenses that you rotate through, and that goes yeah, from 28 I, millimeter. How does that I work? Have, does it work probably, well, Nick? It works, it works really well. Yeah. I really okay. like that finder. It's excellent. The The only thing that the other, there are two ways to do this. The, the KMZ uses different lenses so that you get, again, you get that full frame, you know, at one instant. Um, but the other thing, uh, the other way that this is done is the old lights finders for Leicas had an actual rectangular aperture that would get bigger and smaller. So that one is at a fixed wide angle magnification, but you're cropping with a, and it's a continuous zoom crop, which is really handy. So, you know, it's got markings on it for the standard lenses, but if you want, if you have an odd format that's in between, um, or an odd field of view that's in between like 40 millimeter, you can simply turn the dial to that spot and it, it gives you an accurate framing. And those ones also had parallax correction, which worked by simply angling the viewfinder 
downward as you focus closer. For, for really, the, really for a the, simple idea. For the KMZ turret, um, can you get enough eye relief to use it with your glasses? Not really. Uh, I don't use them with glasses. So l luckily, I'm farsighted. So viewfinders work fine for me without glasses. Then I have to whip out my glasses to read the tiny little numbers on the uh, lens. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's the problem that I have. I, I, yeah. Whatever yeah. I use, I want to be able to use it with my glasses. I don't want to have to take them on, take them off, take them on, take well, them off. Well, one of the reasons I love Mamiya Press System is they have big numbers and letters on their lenses. Um, one of the one of the fun uh, I use a very wide angle modern viewfinder that's a 21 millimeter it has both 21 and 28 millimeter frame lines and it was made by cosina for rico um and they also had some sold under the voigtlander so that for me 21 and 28 covers everything you know 24 is somewhere in between the two so that really that one viewfinder works for all my wide angle but below you know wider than 35 millimeter yeah um, graham you were you were talking and, about Buy more the, the other little, thing that's the little 28s yeah yeah oh um, i lost yeah, one, one of those in my shop somewhere one thing oh, one thing that's great about the 21 millimeter one though is that it has a really big field of view and i can read the top of a lens through it so when i'm using that on <laughs> yeah. you know a lot of cameras i can actually yeah. see the the markings through the viewfinder i don't even have to take my eye off and that's okay. super Super okay, fun. guys, Skip we it. are yeah, we are yeah. Uh, coming up on a couple hours of this, and so I am going to end this podcast. However, I'm going to keep the chat open, and I will be here on the yeah. Camera Dactyl channel, uh, crimping and stripping. You're welcome so, to keep hanging out, but I'm going to let was, Graham take us out before you end, before you end it. Uh huh. This one side note before you end it uh, on the second. For those of you who keep track of the large oh, yeah. podcast. Um, we're showing rides, so take photos, which can't be seen anywhere. Um, and we're streaming it in a large format photography podcast group on Facebook. Uh, it's yeah, really I, not a distribution. I was trying to find it, uh, Eric, before, and I noticed it was shown like for a week at some at a indie film festival, and that was it. Yep, yep that's it. So, um, and actually, is that eleven? Is that eleven a.m. Pacific time? Or correct? Yeah. Which is okay, like seven o'clock so, over the pond. So we, like, we get okay. international that way. So Eric, how do we find it? Um, if if you want to if you want to be one of those people who watches the show, and this is January second, mm -hmm. correct? Yep. Okay. One two twenty one. It's really easy to remember. I really this is how I have to do things. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just like, yeah, it's a miracle. So I remember my name it. half the time. Um, you can just go into Facebook. Well, there's a few places uh, you can go onto Facebook and just search for the large format photography podcast and then mm -hmm. just ask to join the group. It's a lovely group of people. Most of the folks who listen to your podcast are probably already in there. So definitely, um, but not yeah. vice versa. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. Um, yeah, you're probably right, Ethan. Yeah. And then there's uh, Hamish is going to publish a little piece on the 35 millimeter site. Um, I think today that has a link to the Facebook group and more details as well with some photos from the project and the trailer. Uh, and yeah, that's about that. So. Okay. And for those of you who are, have been living under a rock, what this is, is uh, this is Eric uh, riding his bike from San Francisco to 
I was just waiting to see if you could. Okay, Tucson. <laughs> Tucson. Uh, right. Yeah, and um, uh, and having photographic adventures along the way. Um, it looks great. Dealing with with fun stuff and not so fun stuff uh, as as it happens along the way. Yeah. I think you you lose your lose your head there. Does it does I it did. show the um, the lost lens? Yes, it does. Wait, have okay. you seen this, Graham? No, I've listened to um, uh, a lot of description of it. I've seen I've seen this the trailer, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and I, I I'm excited to see it. I now I am not currently a member of Facebook, um, so I will need to sorry man. Uh, you know, so no, uh, he banned Facebook. Yeah, no, um, Facebook, not a bad idea. You Facebook can't fire me. Question, I quit. <laughs> yeah. No, Facebook uh, questioned my identity and required me to submit a copy of my driver's license. And I thought, hmm, no. So <laughs> uh, so that account actually still exists. You can message it. Nobody's going to respond because I can't get into it. So I'll just have to gin up an account really quickly. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a giant Facebook fan. Uh, yeah. For- very specialized uses. I, I and that was and for all you watching live on Facebook. Thanks for watching. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I want to recommend a recent <laughs> a recent article in the Atlantic of, that uh, basically presents a lucid argument that Facebook is in fact a doomsday machine. <laughs> Yeah, I posted that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, uh, on this note, as we bite um, the hand that streams us, um, I uh, I want to thank Robbie Cribs. Robbie is the person who um, composed and allows us to use our music, even though we're not yet at that stage in OBS where we have music, um, but we, we'll have that soon. Um, and, uh, you, you guys have any shout outs, uh, Eric, you, you have anybody you want to shout out to real quick? Uh, I guess, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm going to try not to slaughter the name. Is it, I'm going to say Hamish, Hamish, yeah. Hamish. Hamish. What? Hamish. Hamish. Okay. Hamish, uh, 35 mil, um, for being kind enough to, to post yeah. a little article that I did. And also for all the work that guy pumps out a lot of analog photography work. He's been a huge... I won't say a player might not be the right word, but just proponent for the years yeah. now for analog photography across several mediums and yep. uh, just bootstrapped himself into it. And I really appreciate how hard that guy's worked for a long yeah. time. So I guess I'm going to shout out to him. And then my, yeah. my co-host of Large Format, format uh, Podcast, Andrew and Simon, for just being great and putting up with my shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Skip, hey. Official host now, Eric? Of LFPP, yeah. I no, he's the uh, official co-host of the Homemade Camera Podcast. No, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the jester. I pop in every once in a while. The next thing you'll be over on the Classic Lenses Podcast with Carrie. There we go. There we go. go. Hey, there's yeah, an opening on negative positives. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Wrap it skip, up. Do have, skip, do you have anybody to shout out to? No, no, you guys are, are way over my head here. I'm just a, a rank amateur. Okay, Nick, you have anybody to shout out to? Not today. Okay, Ethan. Thanks, Robbie. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, uh, Heather, once again, thank Heather Oklaus, uh, once again, thank you for making my favorite camera of the year. All right. Bye-bye.